Hey y'all, it's your favorite host, and I wanted to just pop in here to say, uh, if you're enjoying the show uh, and you'd like to give us some support, the best way to do that is through Patreon. Uh, I've launched the Patreon with a couple of tiers. There's a $3 tier, which gives you access to the Discord, and you come hang out with uh, me and the other friends inside of that, uh, and just kind of talk the show, talk a bunch of different nerd stuff. And then there is a, another tier, an $8 tier, uh, where you can get early access to episodes ad-free. Um, you will also get free access to all uh, micro-RPGs that I create in the future. Yeah, so again, uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. Um, if you'd like to give additional support, that's one way to do it. Another great way to do it is just, you know, go on to whatever platform you're listening to and rate the podcast. Subscribe, uh, follow, leave a review if you can. Um, those things really help gain visibility for the show, and it is always greatly appreciated. Link is in the description. Thank you so much, and back to the episode. Welcome to the Secret Nerd Podcast, where we think everyone should play tabletop RPGs and give you some reasons why. me tonight i am so excited to have this guest uh they are a streamer uh ttrpg fantastic gm uh stream producer uh and now a podcaster for a show that i've absolutely enjoyed since it started <laughs> <laughs> it's been a, an absolute blast so um among a bunch of other things so yeah let's let's we'll get into it but if you'd like to introduce yourself please Hey, oh, that, that was such a good introduction. I was Thank like, you. dang, who you got on? <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody, I'm Noir. Uh, you can find me all over the internet as the Noir Enigma, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. Uh, I'm the host for Gen Con TV's Table Takes. Uh, I have a show that I do with my partner called Morning Ritual. And the Affirmation podcast is one that I was bullied into creating with my <laughs> sister called Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, Thank where you, we Joy. hold the TTRPG <laughs> scene <laughs> accountable. I know, right? Like, <laughs> I. You, listen, you know, like, how messy my schedule is because, like, we've been going back and forth. Yeah. Just was like we're doing this now, and <laughs> no choice. <laughs> I know. I was literally thinking before you got on, like how much I would enjoy having a co-host for this show, but I, absolutely not. Like, there's no way I could schedule anybody around my schedule. I mean, it's nice in the sense that she carries the podcast. I'm just kind of there holding <laughs> on for the <laughs> no you both are definitely i mean it's just so funny because i think it's like what i think it does is that you have obviously like this great perspective of being like somebody who's pretty well known in the space and you do a lot of different stuff and then joy is just out there <laughs> making takes and talking about k-pop so it's <laughs> But, I mean, Joy so told fun. me. I mean, the truth of it is, Joy is trying to get me canceled with this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> she, 
she talking wild brazy about people that I work with. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. you gotta <laughs> Yeah, you better hold on to that editing spot. <laughs> I know. <right? laughs> That's so funny. Um, yeah, no, I love it. But I where I where I usually like to start, because we're gonna return to this because I think it's gonna tie into this, but mm-hmm. where I always like to start is like, how did you get into nerd stuff in general? Um I so uh <laughs> don't have the best relationship with my pops, but it's his fault. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh from a very from a very early age, uh, you know, like he introduced me to things like Highlander and Star Trek mm. and Star Wars. Um, so like, you know, from a from a little youngin, I was into that kind of stuff. Like I I was like I I learned to read from Marvel comics. Yeah. Marvel and uh image. Yeah. Um so like that's that's where it started. I didn't I wouldn't get into tabletop uh until like much later though. So yeah. like it was it was just like nerd stuff and then I finished the job in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you grow up your whole life in in or around Chicago? Yeah, I was uh I grew up on the west side uh west side suburbs of Chicago. Uh I lived in a a small town called Bellwood. Okay. Uh in which it's funny, it's churned out quite a few people that are notable in the TTRPG scene. <laughs> this little rinky dink little village in uh in the west side uh suburbs of Chicago. Yeah. Uh yeah, so that's yeah, cool. that, that's yeah, I love it. Yeah. I think it's like it's it's interesting in that way of like you talk about those little pockets like it's so fascinating too because even in situations like that like there's still God I've interviewed at least four people from New York that live <laughs> like in New York City in different boroughs and it's like all completely different experiences of you yeah know, how they came up with it so yeah um but yeah so like in growing up in Chicago for you being a nerd was that something that um was sort of easy to navigate or did you or is it like did the stigma <laughs> carry in chicago as well oh it, it carried it carried um it, it wasn't it wasn't so much the nerdy stuff that uh are we allowed to cuss out <laughs> yeah 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 all right it wasn't the nerdy stuff that got my ass whooped uh in <laughs> chicago it was like the music i was listening to mm. and like uh i was like a inline skater like doing tricks and grinding and stuff yeah, yeah that got that 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 got the pause put on me a uh, few I'm times <laughs> <laughs> yeah heaven forbid black people be alternative right it, i i swear to god <laughs> like <laughs> you know i i I, in in off, I'm not gonna say in all fairness to the folks that jumped me, but mm. like I was very, I, I you know I was proud of the things that I love. So like yeah. I would come to school with my skates and my guitar. Yeah. Uh, it just like after school, I would either be skating in the courtyard or I'd be playing, uh, guitar in the courtyard. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, you know, some people felt the type of way about that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's that's tough. I remember, um, so where I grew up, I didn't grow up around a lot of black pe- people. Like it was, there was like five families in my town, and um, but even like in that situation, it was a space where like I still didn't really feel comfortable. Like mm-hmm. these are things that I loved. Like I loved like my first like band that I loved was AFI. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Miss Murder uh, was my bop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So good. And, uh, and yeah. And then like, and then brand new was another one. So like, that was like what I was into in high school and it really, it was, I was seen as, as weird for that. Um, so I definitely get that. Yeah. And I offset it by like, you know, being good at sports, but it still was like a, it was a lot of code switching for sure. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you you have to like, I I find it interesting though, in, in the sense that Code switching in a very w- real way has helped me with my GMing. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> because, I mean, it's literally the same thing. You're adopting a personality <laughs> that's existing to fit the current situation. That's yeah. all GMing is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is so sad and so true. Uh, <laughs> but it, I mean, I think it really does, like, it adds to that um, – you know, because we do, we have to, we have to go into these different modes and speak different languages and, and really survive. And so, you know, you already like into superheroes, all to, into all this stuff. So it's like, well, I'm already doing this, you know, just to get by during the day. Right. Uh, and now I have this. Other... Let, let me tell you, I've never been like a bitter person like i'm not one of those guys that's like oh now everybody loves the mc like and now everybody <laughs> yeah. loves marvel but yeah. there is one thing that makes me bitter which is like i just stopped skating yeah and then lil wayne made it cool and i'm like <laughs> you son of a bitch <laughs> this motherfucker yeah <laughs> When I was skating, you were a no limit soldier yeah. talking all, sh- all this shit. Yep. Now you want to fucking rock the guitar and skate, you yep. motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember, like, I think, oh, God, I was definitely out of, out of high school, I think, and out of, probably out of college too. But like, whenever he made his rock album and he was wearing yeah. like, skinny jeans, you're like, what, the, what is happening right <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Oh yeah. my god, I I was so salty. Like, cause I just I, cause I I ended up leaving Bellwood, and like, it's so like I came back to visit for some reason, mm-hmm. and I just saw a bunch of people skateboarding, and I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Isn't that such a fascinating thing too, of like leaving a town and coming back, and it's like, oh did, yeah, how did we get here? Um, so <laughs> I, I I live in New Mexico now. I grew up here, and I oh. went to. Uh, college in Kentucky for a couple of years. And I remember coming back and here it's like very different. Like New Mexico is very like, it's usually a couple years behind on a lot of like fashion trends and stuff. But like the one thing for whatever reason it picked up is that all of the men here decided that they were MMA fighters. <laughs> oh God. And I remember coming back and being like, what, what is happening? And everybody's like in tap out gear and like all this. And I'm like, I don't, I don't understand. I was in that phase for one month. For one (laughs) month. And then, like, I went to a dive bar and had another tap-out guy. Like, you you know, you know, when you go to a bar and somebody's overly friendly and they put their arm around you Mm -hmm. and they start talking way too close. Yeah, I I was like, never again am I wearing (laughs) tap-out. Never again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, we're not bonding right now. This is Yeah, not- no, dude, I don't, first off, I'm 5'6", I'm a little guy. <laughs> so he's got a whole lot of arm on me. You know? yeah. <laughs> no, no, never mind. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, but like, yeah, even that, like, and then, and then MMA, like, kind of mellowed out to where it's like, now it's like a thing that just people, you know, consume without it yeah. being like their whole identity um, for most people. I- 
Yeah. I have a theory about that. I I truly I truly think that's a video game effect. I think I think mm. the video I think that the UFC games truly did an amazing job of bringing UFC mainstream because that's how I learned about it. Yeah, yeah. Like through the video games. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fair. I know an unreasonable amount of information about the NBA because I play NBA 2K, but I don't yep. watch basketball. <laughs> Listen, the Bulls haven't won since the 90s. I don't care anymore until we win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then every time you all get a good player, they get injured or they trade them. So. I don't want to. <laughs> listen, this, if we talk about Chicago sports, it's just going to be a podcast of me crying. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I won't get into recent quarterback debacles. but. Uh... Uh... <laughs> Nah, nah. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's, it, it is cool. Like it's, it's, it's great that like you can go through that phase. And I think it's cool that you still hung on to it and still like lived it proud, even though you had a lot of adversity to it. Yeah. Um, but you know, and now as an adult, you get to like blend all this stuff. And I think, you know, hopefully like be in a more free way. Mm-hmm. Is that something right? Uh, abs- absolutely. Like, I, there, I, there's one traumatic experience where I literally had the decision of I either put this away or I double down. Like mm-hmm. I was at the bus stop with my guitar and these guys wanted to see my guitar. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, sure. And then like they were they were messing around with it in a way where I'm like, OK, I'm going to take that back down. Yeah. And they ended up like breaking it on purpose. Oh, and then I got jumped. Uh, and I'm like, I can either never touch this instrument again mm-hmm. or play it only in my house or like I can just keep it going. And so yeah. I made the decision, like, if there's something that I love, I'm just I'm just rock with it, which is why I think I talk too much on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> People go hear me. God damn. <laughs> yep. No, but you know what, though? Like, I think that's a that's a really good point, though, because it. it in so many ways, like as black people, we get silenced a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, as especially like, I mean, black women go through it for sure. But I think even, you know, black mass people, like we, we are constantly dealing with the, the way that people perceive us, especially in a public space. And a lot of times it's easier to just say, you know what, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Cause I don't want to deal with it. But I think there's value in saying like, no, fuck you i'm gonna be heard yeah I, I think a lot of that comes from like you know i know my dad who again me and we don't rock but yeah. like a lot of the things that he did that that i have a hard time forgiving i know that it comes from a place of like you know if i did this back in my day things would be worse for me like mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah you know it's not just it, I think black masculinity in specific, in particular it has been ill-defined mm-hmm. by the people that were supposed to teach it to us. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they, they had to do what they had to do to not get, you know, the attention of racist white folks. In, mm-hmm. And we not, we not playing that game anymore, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, that's, that's where things like pause and all that stupid nonsense comes from. It's just like, no, we we we're going to embrace and redefine what masculinity is to ourselves, and that means 
they were trying to make a conscientious ah i can't say that word we're trying mm-hmm. to make a conscientious masculinity and there's some road bumps that we're facing <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um so i've i've gone through this journey myself and and i've talked about it a few times but i'm curious like for you like when did that realization happen like when did when did you have a realization of like i'm going to look at the way that i view masculinity and how i identify with that man it it's i don't think it was any one thing i think it was a lesson that was just continuously gradually taught to me like one of my one of my best friends from high school uh uh was uh came out as trans Mm. and like i didn't understand what that was yeah but what i knew is that this is somebody that i care about and this is somebody that i love Mm -hmm. and you know and i had conversations with other friends who just saw you know just saw it in such a small ignorant way Mm -hmm. and that just didn't feel right it was what the majority said it was what everybody believed but it didn't feel right so i can Mm. so it's one of those you can either go with the crowd or you can try and figure out why inside this doesn't feel right yeah Uh, and i think it was just a a bunch of little moments like that just like you know i again I, i i think empathy is the greatest weapon that we have in our arsenal of humanity mm-hmm. because like i'm not trans but i i can empathize with you know i i'm a dorky short chubby black guy mm-hmm. that's who i am and i've been picked on because of that you yeah. know but that's who i am i can't change that that's my programming um in you know my friends programming is that they they are a woman Mm -hmm. and am i going to participate in the same sort of behavior that caused me trauma or am i going to try and am i going to try and come at this with a blank slate talk to my friend and and learn yeah um and so that's that's the choice that I've made. That's the choice that I've been making. Of course, there's going to be mistakes along the way because, again, our masculinity is ill-defined. So mm-hmm. we have to we're kind of coming up with it on the fly. Yeah, so. yeah. It it really is like fascinating, especially when you look at like things like how stuff crosses like or doesn't cross generations too right like for me like it was a hard like one of the things i had a hard time with is like i wrote a lot of poetry mm-hmm. and i was like this wasn't seen as like a masculine thing but then like i got a book of langston hughes poems and i'm like langston it hughes is a man. <laughs> it, it, it clicks right so yeah. it's like and it's so yeah it's those moments but i think like truly like the the value of empathy when it comes to that I think can't be understated. And it is really sad that so many people go through life and can go through those situations and not look at it that way of, of empathy. Like I know for myself, I have kids, I have uh, three kids and I've always been one, like I've, I've definitely made mistakes, but I've always tried to be like, if, if I love you, like it doesn't matter, you know, what you're, who you are, what you look like, et cetera, et cetera. But I think like having kids really drilled into my head of like, if anything happened to them, I would fight the world. And so I can't imagine them coming to me and being like, Hey, 
you know, this is who I am and me being like, nope, shut it down. <laughs> like, <laughs> Not in this house. Not in this what? house. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, like I love them unconditionally. And that's so. You're not going to be happy where you live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, it, yeah, and I mean, we have so much, so much evidence of like the trauma that that can create. In, yeah, you know, like I can't imagine. So it's really hard for me, like when you know, when black masculinity can take on that that view of like not in this house, not yeah. not here, not with us, um, because it it is it's traumatizing not only for the person that is directed at, but also for the person that's doing it, because that's you're creating hate inside of you, and I think that's that's real bad. Like, I, I don't think people really have the capacity to not be themselves. Mm-hmm. I think they can bottle it up. And the longer you bottle it up, the more damage you're doing to yourself. Yeah. Like, yeah. We, we exist to express ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. that's like capitalism has kind of pulled the wool over us where it's like, no, we exist to make money. But no, we exist <laughs> yeah. to express all of our, like, all the greatest things that we've ever done as a species has been representing what we are and mm-hmm. it's just like there's so many people that had to come that that you know in their homes were just basically told don't be happy yeah <laughs> or don't be happy or become an adult immediately like what, <laughs> yeah, yeah. what the fuck kind of choices yeah i mean so yeah so I mean, like you think about that like you know those moments of like oh you're 11 year old kid and your dad's gone you're a man now like what <laughs> hold up <laughs> Dog, I can't even put a Megazord together. You want me to figure out bills? Better take care of your mom. (laughs) In all fairness, I'm 30 and I'm I'm like, I'm 30 plus and I still can't put a Megazord together. But still. (laughs) But yeah, but like that's that's the kind of thing that, you know, that can happen. That does happen. And so, yeah, it it really is uh, a pain in the ass. But it's, you know, I'm I'm I love seeing other people go through this process of like deconstructing uh masculinity especially black masculinity and and yeah. you know talking I mean, about like ways that can be better it is it is rough like one of one of the things one of my outlets growing up uh was stand-up comedy i love mm. i worship the ground that stand-up co- comedians walk on yeah. uh, i i i did stand-up comedy for a little bit there and like and so like to see so many of my like heroes yeah. <laughs> turn <so> heel. <laughs> like it 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 it's really it's really rough because you know, like a lot of what Chappelle says about the black experience is on point. It's mm-hmm. like I mm, love how he puts it. Mwah, yeah, mwah, mwah. Yeah. And that's informed a lot of my experiences and how I navigate through my blackness mm-hmm. um but then you hit the chance issues and i'm yeah. just like like for for every for every shot you hit on the black experience you are fucking up like yeah. relations with with, with with your trans friends mm-hmm. like it's a i just you know and, and it's not just Chappelle. it's like so many of them and it's just I I there's I can't stand the words woke and cancel culture like those <laughs> those are my two and like every comedian now is just like their specials are called can't be silenced canceled <laughs> like you know enemy of the state yeah. silenced like you you're you're running a show called silence 
at a full auditorium of yeah. thousands of people and you get paid $50 million by Netflix <laughs> and you're being silenced? <laughs> yeah. Bro, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. It's such a weird thing to be like, yeah, like I'm black. I'm living that black experience. I want equal rights for me as a human. But fuck those other humans. <laughs> like what? Fuck their struggle. <laughs> yeah. Like it's okay. I think it's I think it's absolutely fine to like say like I have the capacity to to care and put effort towards who I am and what I identify as, and that's fine. But I don't think in that same vein you have to go tear other people down, um, even if you don't agree. Like you just don't right. have to say shit. Like like you're a megastar. You don't have to say anything. And it's it's so funny because like. I see the point Chappelle is trying to make, which is like the the black community needs to have a conversation with the LGBT uh, LGBTQ plus uh, the QA plus community. Mm-hmm. We also need to have a conversation within the black community with how we talk to the LGBT community. Yeah, but it's like you want to have this conversation by pointing the finger and going fuck you and your struggle you gotta wait in line because our struggle went first like that no <laughs> yeah that's so wild have, have you are you familiar with sam J? yes i love sam J. me too yeah sam uh, J is uh please be our savior to the end of time uh for those not familiar listening to the show sam J is a black woman uh stud lesbian um amazing comic so fucking funny hilarious. and she got a show on hbo called pause um and in that show talks about a lot of that stuff and like and not, like has conversations with people um and sam J's show was an early inspiration for this interview show that we're on right now um and but also does like sketches too mm-hmm. of the comedy and um and ha- but like we'll go and like be like hey like i want to go talk to because she grew up in boston and she's like i want to go talk to like the um lgbtq uh i don't know what the term is but basically like this committee of people who are like advocating for rights and all this stuff and has like this like sit down real conversation and i think like here's the person who's doing it and now granted sam is from the community from both of those communities so has a vested interest but i think it's still it could still happen with somebody like dave chappelle if he I cared think, enough to do it. I think one of the greatest losses uh, that we've suffered in the last couple of years, uh, there is a comedian that wrote on pause uh, called Jack Knight, who mm. is a cis straight black man, uh, mm-hmm. as far as I understand. Yeah. And his, his comedy was really taking a very like hard nosed look at masculinity mm. and like, you know, he had experiences of, like kissing kissing guys and like he would talk about that kind of stuff. Yeah. And like it's such a way where it's just like, oh, you get it. And he was just started to really take off and unfortunately uh he lost his life. Mm. Um, but I highly recommend anybody going to look up Jack Knight stuff, J A K Knight N I G H P. Um, because like it's a master class on how to like Look at your own masculinity and not flinch. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it's it, it is, man. Comics like it's so tough. Like, there's constantly. I'm like looking. I'm like, all right, I really want to watch this special. I don't know. Like, I, 
It's a I risk. Need, I need somebody else to watch it first. <laughs> it's a risk. Okay. I got to I got to tell women. you. I just stick to black women. <laughs> I got to tell you a story real yeah, yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it it the story it, it is my worst date mm. uh story. Um I went on Tinder, met this girl. We were talking back and forth. It was a good time. Um Took her to a comedy club because she said she'd never gone. I was like, it's going to be a great first date. Yeah. Uh, I took her to a comedy club where I had done a few acts. So, mm-hmm. like, I knew a lot of the comedians there. I knew the bartender so I could get hooked up because yeah. I was broke at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, we sit down. We're having a good time. The first comedian comes up, does, like, an amazing set. Tells, like, maybe one or two Trump jokes. And the first time she tells the Trump joke, I see her grab her seat. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> the second comedian comes up, does a couple of Trump jokes. And I'm like, I'm watching her. And she's, like, tight-lipped, getting real mad. <laughs> and I'm like, please, God, no, not this. <laughs> not this. I swiped through all the pictures. I didn't see a red hat. I-, I didn't ask questions. I thought we were good. The headliner comes up. And he's just like half of his set is Trump jokes. Yeah. And she stands up. Oh no. Heckles the comedian. Just going in on him. And like starts to get escorted out. And like she gets pulled out. Her coat is still on the table. I drove her here. And so it's just like she gets pulled out. And I pick up the coat. And I stand up, and, and I know this comedian. I'm not gonna say his name because fuck yeah. this guy, but I love him. But still, fuck him for this. And he goes, brother. <laughs> I'm like, don't, don't do it. <laughs> he roasted me on my entire walk out <laughs> the comedy club, and my stupid ass sat in the front to show off. <laughs> So I had to take the longest one. Oh no, man! So yeah, comedy bad. is dangerous right now. It's, it's, it's dangerous. <laughs> it's a risky game. Yeah, that's one thing um, I would never do if I went to a comedy <laughs> show. Is sit at the front. <laughs> nope. Because uh, I knew I was gonna get roasted. Because like yeah, yeah. I know yeah, these guys, so yeah. we friends. So like it's safe. Yeah, but man, you should have you should have vetted that girl a little bit. Oh no. It's but it's what like that's the thing like I, I I don't know when this happened but like there was a time when it would be a sneaky thing that you'd be like talking to somebody you're like oh yeah like me and this person are, are cool and then <laughs> and then they're like yeah so Trump's pretty great right and you're like wait hold up what this was I'm this sorry ha- what <laughs> this happened before he won so this was still yeah. at the type this is, this happened still at the time where everybody was cocky like mm-hmm. we not gonna actually have Trump as a president but white people were playing around with it like I don't know he's good at business and it's just like wait come on like we just playing right this is this just I don't know if y'all remember that period yep, of time yep. in 2016 2015 2016 yeah. where we were all making jokes like but what if he did win there's well, no way come on <laughs> oh shit <laughs> what did we do? It's just like in the long, like the closer it got to election day, it was just like, wait, this ain't funny anymore. <laughs> Y'all, time out. We just, we just play it. Bro. Oh, yeah, yeah. We let it go too far. <laughs> For man, oh, because we were so cocky. We're not like we're not actually gonna do this as a country, and yeah. I think 
I think that's why, like, we're all so exhausted because we now know there's nothing we won't do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> it's, yeah. <laughs> I, I used to work with somebody who I love and adore, um, but their political and religious views are things that I do not agree with. And one of the things that she said to me was that when Kanye was like talking about wanting to run after Trump was done, um, she's like, well, I think I'm going to vote for him because he's a Christian. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> but it was like between Kanye and Trump. And I'm like, what world are we living in that <laughs> your two best choices that you can think of, of people to run this country are Kanye and Trump. <laughs> and this I, is like pre anti Semite Kanye. It's like, I love how he just keeps evolving and each evolution gets worse. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> and like, it's, it's, listen, it's really hard because like, I'm, 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 I'm not gonna lie. Kanye was a hero of mine for a very long time. He's a yeah. Chicago kid. Mm -hmm. We have murals of him all over the place. Like, I remember like my first retail job, like Spaceship. Uh, was the song that we would bump on the ride home every night. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know what he's become. <laughs> and, and it's just like, I keep losing heroes. Like, <laughs> Kanye, go. Chappelle, go. Chris Rock, slapped. Like, I just... <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. It's, 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 it's a so mess bad. right now. We, we in the darkest timeline for yeah. real. <laughs> Yep. So I'm saying, if you're looking for a new comedian to listen to, um, just look for a black woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <be> fine. <laughs> you you hopefully can't go wrong there. Um, I, I, think, I just I just follow black women on TikTok now. Like that's yeah. where I get all my yeah. humor at this point. Yeah. Seriously. Um, yeah. It's I, I do a similar screening process on Twitter <laughs> of just like. Oh, okay. Like you have pronouns in your in your bio. You're probably not an asshole. It doesn't always work, but uh, it's better than the alternative. <laughs> it's better than like following somebody that's just like American Christian dad. Like, oh yes. no, that's. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, hmm, I feel like we're gonna disagree on something. <laughs> at some point and i don't know i don't know if we need to have this conversation so um well this is amazing uh so you i think you alluded to the fact that you started playing ttrpgs in high school is that correct yes yes um okay. so like we 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 had uh there's a little courtyard called circle drive and usually we everybody hangs out after school at circle drive until they go to either their after school clubs or mm -hmm whatever or people like you know if your friend had to go to like chess club you would just hang out at circuit drive until your friend came out and then we'd all go hang out somewhere else yeah i noticed one semester that a large group of my friends just left <laughs> like they just <laughs> they just left and i'm like <laughs> where where is everybody going yeah uh, so one day i'm just like Hey, where's everybody going? They're like, we're ha we're hopping over to our uh, to Izzy's place, which is a good friend of mine, to play Dungeons and Dragons. And I'm like, well, I feel left out, so I'm coming <laughs> with you. <laughs> and it was it's 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 it was the stereotypical basement with a couch 
and too much stuff in the basement yeah. and like a table and everything. And uh, I was just like, okay, let's let's give it a shot. Made my character. My first character was a bard named Zealot that used a war fan. Uh, she was awesome. Nice. And uh, I fell in love with the game ever since. Yeah. Uh, I almost stopped playing, though. Um, <laughs> I almost stopped playing because uh, one of our friends, older brother, had been like a he was a grognard. He was old mm. guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was still playing D and D advance, and everybody's like, "If you like this, you gotta, you gotta play over at uh, I'll, I almost say this real name, but you gotta play over there, yeah, because he's got all the books. He's got like dragon pictures and shit on the wall, and I'm like, okay, I'll go over there. Uh, and so I spent, I spent the night uh, or spent the weekend over there. We played for the entire weekend because, you know, he he was actually a bum. <laughs> didn't have shit to do so yeah. okay uh and the, he did not like creative problem solving because mm-hmm. i have always been like we could fight the guards or i could pants them and we could run like yeah, you know yeah, just yeah, yeah. try to find fun ways around problems so he uh hung my character oh god <laughs> well first he 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 had my character tricked into putting on a belt of gender swapping. So my character Xander became Alexandria mm. and then they hung her after Jesus. doing other things that we don't talk about. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, this is not fun. No. Um, uh, and so I'm never, I don't ever want to play this game again. Um, but then it was it's the same thing as when I got chucked with the guitar. It was like I could quit and let them win or I could double down and figure out this dungeon mastering thing. Yeah. So uh, I picked up I uh, picked up a couple of books. And when I say I picked up a couple of books, what I mean by that is that I stole a lot of I almost said his name. I stole a lot of his books. <laughs> Oh, because he hated 3.5, but he had all the 3.5 stuff, so I, I stole some. Yeah. Uh, and I learned to GM that, and I created a homebrew world that I ended up playing for, God, it's almost been 17 years now. It's the same wow. world. Um, that's so that's how I got into D&D. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm grateful I'm grateful for that horrible experience because it hammered into my head what would later become safety tools. And I'm mm-hmm. glad that that's where the, the space ended up because yeah. like nobody should have to experience like when you, when, when you play these characters, when you make these characters, you're putting a lot of yourself into them. Even if you don't mean to like yeah. a good enough session can have you really feeling what that character feels mm-hmm. so like to have somebody violate you in that way at the table and like everybody's laughing and you're like actually hurt and like you're holding back tears and stuff yeah. like i don't want anybody to ever experience that so uh, i learned that lesson very early uh and i i hope that i've never caused anyone pain at my table <laughs> yeah jeez. Yeah, was was the was that guy or most of the players were they black? No, no, no. I was, uh, uh, I was the only black one there. They weren't white though. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. It's what I. Yeah, is, yeah. Uh, they were, 
they were uh uh i believe latino okay Uh, so yeah yeah that's still that's so wild um it's it's rough (laughs) geez yeah uh my so you okay that experience even though there wasn't words for it back then uh in regards of safety tools like did you incorporate any kind of like discussion in your session zero that like included like hey like these are things like boundaries i guess or no no it it was more of a so like it was a privilege to be at that table is Mm -hmm. how it was presented when i got to go i'm sorry no i'm talking about when you started running games oh when i started running games it was very much a if you don't like something that happens let me know in the moment like Mm -hmm. one of one of the things that i have i like from 15 from 15 oh no actually yeah from 15 when i started gming till even right now one of the things that i i tell everybody is that your experience is more important than my story Mm -hmm. so if your experience if, if my story is causing a detriment to your experience let me know i'm yeah. never gonna be mad mm-hmm. we will we will fix it because like there even today i feel like there are some gms that feel like keeping their players on their back foot is good and mm-hmm. i'm like no the point of the game is that you get to be a hero you get to do things that you don't get to do it. Like, I want my players to feel like heroes. Like, mm-hmm. so if you want to walk away from an exploding building, like, let me know, like what, whatever it is I could do to make you feel as cool as possible. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. But I can't do that unless I know. And right. if there's something that's bugging you, or if you feel frustrated, let's have that talk. And there have been sessions where like a player will come to me afterwards. And they were like, I, hated that i couldn't solve this puzzle like i i hated that and i'm Mm -hmm. like okay cool well now that i know that if if it well you know what i i remember this conversation vividly i I told somebody like if there's a puzzle and like a couple minutes go by and you just can't figure it out your character will figure it out like just but you gotta let me know like i the player i don't i don't get it yeah. And then your character, because, you know, it's hard to play a genius wizard because yeah, yeah. nobody's a genius <laughs> wizard. So, like, yeah, once you, the player, tap out, then that's when we have the character go into overdrive. And I'll feed you the answer so you can still have that revelatory moment of I figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I thought I was like super genius with like, hey, just text me. And then like <laughs> nobody has to know. And then, you, <laughs> and then like it, it, we all end up playing online and we can just whisper things on Discord. So, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's one of those things of like I, I do a similar thing, like especially with like intelligence is a tough one. Charisma, some people have a hard time with as well. Um, but I think in like any situation, it's like I look at I try to look at like the score. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, your intelligence is twenty two. Like your character would know these things off the bat. Like you know what I mean? Or or with that role, even though it was like a sixteen, like these are things that your character's picking up right away, and you can infer from that. Because um, it's it's right. Like it sucks, uh, you know, to play. If if you don't let players 
have the fun in those situations and they're only going to play that character that they feel like they could be most comfortable in which is probably not going to be the most fun for them so yeah like you know one of the one of the new things that i'm messing around with is just just straight up asking my players how would you like us to manifest your strength your intelligence your wisdom like how would you like me as a gm to display to the rest of the party yeah those spotlight moments for you do you want me to like you know do you want it to be like this is so easy that it doesn't it's not even a big deal or do you want your sherlock moment where you Mm -hmm. like you know i give you the pieces and you put it together in front of everybody like how do we and how do we manifest your intelligence in a way that you enjoy at the table and we can have you show off yeah you know like what because it it sucks because like with a high strength score the dice and the numbers are going to show off for that character (laughs) i i i hit on a on a four (laughs) (laughs) and i do like ridiculous damage no matter what i roll on my damage dice well what's the equivalent of that for intelligence yeah what's the equivalent of that like I think one of the hardest ones to manifest is like and 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 the design of like D&D for example has not done a great job of it. How mm. do we manifest constitution? Like how do we show off? <laughs> That's other great, than the fact that you can't point. get drunk. Yeah. Like how do we we're show healthy. off that like <laughs> you're a healthy dude? Like you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, that's a great point, honestly. I think that um yeah, uh, I'm not the biggest like D and D sympathizer uh, personally, but I do like so I agree that there are issues there. But I think like it is a good point in any game where that is a uh, an ability is like how how does this make a difference? What what exactly is this doing for you? Um, and why is it not as involved? Uh, right. You know, I think I forget. I think it was Persephone's uh, Adventuring Academy or whatever that on on uh, dimension 20 uh the interview with brennan and they were talking about like sorcerers using con instead of wisdom or con yeah. instead of charisma and i think that that honestly makes so much sense <laughs> like, i mean it it, if you look at the character like uh, there are two examples that i give to show the failure of D, <laughs> which is like flight I, yeah. I, I play in ASMR because they're my favorite class. They're my favorite race, mm-hmm. right? And they get the ability to fly for a minute. Mm-hmm. Do you know how useful that would be in real life? Yeah. Yet I have played in numerous games and my ability to fly isn't a factor. Yeah, Like, it's either like the GM didn't plan for it, so it's nice that you have it, you can fly, woo, 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 now let's move on. Yeah, Or it's just like, I didn't plan for it, so congratulations, but you're in a cave, so go fuck yourself. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's one thing that I, I use to show the failure of D&D. The second is animal handling. Mm-hmm. Do you know how useful a skill that is in real life? Yeah. It's so useful that to this day, Steve Irwin still got shooters out <laughs> ready to put the hurt on a stingray at a moment's notice. <laughs> like, when has the campaign ever been saved mm-hmm. because of animal handling? Like, <laughs> it, just, it yeah. drives me crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think it's just one of those things like for sure that there are design issues. And I think also like it's a GM issue also, but I don't think there's enough. I don't think there's enough that informs a GM. And I, and I don't think like the DM, the DM's guide or whatever, like is, is one way to learn, but it's not the way that everybody learns. And so I think that there's, it's tough. Like there's so much information out there of like, you know, who do you, who's the best person on DM advice, right? Um, and you go look and you're going to see 15 white guys um, of varying <laughs> ages. And, but, you know, like, and so like th- this is where, but this is where you can get your information from, right? Like, um, you know, maybe you come across like Ginny D or whatever, but like it's, yeah. there's not a lot of stuff out there uh, that's always going to fit what you're looking for. And if you don't want to read a book, Right. Then it's like, okay, well, where else do I find this information? You try to your best to get an example. But I think like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff, but I think it's both D and D and Pathfinder would benefit from having like a um like a two page like breakdown. Like here's how to GM and this is the fucking information you need. Like this is the need to know portion. You know? I you know, one of one of the things that I, I'm experimenting with now, I've 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 I'm kind of making it a goal in 2023 to just play less 5th edition because yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm real fucking sick of it. Yeah. But but one of the things that I was I've I've been experimenting with are uh advanced skills, which mm-hmm. I I think jumping from 3.5 to 5th edition, they cut down the number of skills. Yeah. Uh because, you know, they wanted to make D&D more accessible. But I think I think you should be able to like if if you're a wizard, right, and you know and you have a hard a high arcana and you can you look at that, you know, magic creature, you look at a beholder, you know everything about it, right? Mm-hmm. And then you got a ranger in the party who knows animal handling. I don't see a reason why those two characters can't have a quick conversation and go this is the best way that we deal with this. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how we can navigate around this creature to not aggravate it. Like, yeah. and so the, it would, it would just arcana and animal handling would then become creature handling so that joint, a joint role get, get high enough. And then you know how to proceed mm, yeah, yeah. past this creature without aggroing it. Yeah. Like there are a number, there are so many creative uses of skills that D and D doesn't allow you to do because the skills themselves are so limited. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like you know, history for everything. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I know all about the royal family's history <laughs> and all about the history of this forest sucks to be you ranger like no (laughs) like you take survival you take history you roll them together now you know about the history of the geography there and so you might find a hidden pocket or a a cave or some or forgotten kingdom or some cool shit yeah but yeah i'm I'm just rambling but this is (laughs) an idea that i've i've just been like if i if me some doofus in chicago that has very limited game design can think of I don't see why Wizards of the Coast can't <laughs> fucking do it. It's 
Because they but don't it, want to. <laughs> but it's but instead they made spiritual weapon a concentration spell. So yay, yay for us. Yeah. It's a weird like so I I've been on record saying that D D that Wizard of the Coast knows that they have people who who will fix their game and who make money off of fixing their game, so they're not gonna fix the game. Yeah. And for a second, I was like, shit, I might be wrong with this whole like uh, new, the OGL. But then I saw what they're doing with the OGL and they're still doing it. They're still letting people do it. Yeah. <laughs> they're just getting their cut now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Bro. I was like, you're really going to shut down um, fucking MC, M, what is it? M, MCDM? Uh, yeah. MCDM, Cobalt yeah. Press. Cobalt Press. Critical yeah. L- listen, I I have a whole theory about this. Like, I could put on my aluminum foil hat. Look, do you know how upset Wizards of the Coast is at at Critical Role? Like, can you oh, imagine yeah. seeing all the money they're making and just... Yep. <laughs> but you yep. know what? I, I think I think this is going to be a case of Watsy fucking around and finding out. Mm-hmm. I don't listen. Critical Role did not make Darrington press to make Ukatoa the game. Okay, <laughs> yeah. like if you think that Darrington press exists for Ukatoa, I got a bridge to sell you. If you don't see what's coming, you're not paying attention. Yeah. It's only a matter of time before Critical Role has their own game. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I, I think, listen, Pathfinder, as, as much as I love it, it's never going to be the D&D killer. I do think, however, once Critical Role comes out. They, they, they probably can do it. <laughs> I think. Listen, critters are wild. Critters are. Critters are. Critters are wild. Yeah. Like, between Darrington Press existing. Then this whole OGL thing happening where they're like, you go, you go use our stuff, you go pay us. And then watching Vox Machina on Amazon and yep. not hearing the name Bigsby once when, yep. when Scanlon does his hand. I caught that, yeah. They yeah, didn't use any D&D terms. They not a single one. Yeah. Not a single one. They're, it's, it's happening. It's gonna happen. Yeah. So, Watsy about to fuck around to find out. <laughs> uh, I'm so excited. Uh, Me too. I just want to see him. I want to see him sweat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it is a it, it is an interesting thing. Like you know, we're we're part of the D- teacher RPG space, and so like to see so many people we know who create D and D content like have this moment of like not being sure where where that's going to take their. Uh, their future, like I think it's it is D and D. probably making a mistake, even if they've backpedaled and like what they're putting out isn't going to be a big issue for small creators. Like it's still you still ruffled feathers without giving any information, and and much like with the situation with the Hadozi, they just like they're like, well, we fixed it. Like you know, we don't yeah. have to talk about it anymore. <laughs> I mean, the mistake was they put. They they sound the alarms and the alarm yeah. was, hey, I hope you all have a backup plan because we might lock you out. And if you get people think like. The number one killer of innovation is comfort. Mm-hmm. 
and everybody was comfortable with the OGL the way it was. Yep. Everybody was comfortable, you know, just, hey, we can use this D&D stuff whenever we want to. You threatened to take away that comfort. Do you think Cobalt Press is not planning? Do you think Critical Role is not planning? Like, of course they're planning. Mm-hmm. And if I, I, it's the same reason why when people talk about immigration in America, I get so frustrated because it's just like, do you not understand that immigration is what is is why we thrive? Third party content is why D and D thrives. Yeah, and if you threaten that, and then Critical Role comes out with something, and they go, "Hey, you can make third party stuff for us." Ding dong, the 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 witch is dead. <laughs> like that's yeah, that's the end of it. It's and 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 like we love D and D not because of D and D. We love D and D because of people that we've met, the stories that we told, mm-hmm. and, and the community that we've built. It just so happens that it was around D&D. Yeah. And D&D is owned by Hasbro and they could give a shit mm-hmm. <laughs> about the community yeah, or whatever. Look. Yeah. So if Critical Role does come out with their version of D&D and they pretend to care... <laughs> That's more than we're used to. We'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have to do much for a lot of people to be like, thank you so much. That was amazing. Oh my God. Yes. Oh, incredible. We're, we're all in this right together. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's 2022 and you finally hired a consultant. You're oh, finally, <laughs> this is amazing. The best thing I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> um, it is God. Uh, th- what's funny is that, we're talking about D&D, but like the first game that I actually watched you run was Urban Shadows. Yeah. On Stella Luna's channel. I I love Powered by the Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's lesser strain. There's not like my fireball is what the you know, 20, <laughs> the, yeah. 20 foot radius and this and that. Like, no, tell me what you want to do and we'll figure it out in the context of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll keep it moving. Like yeah. And that that there's a freedom there as the master of ceremonies, and there's the freedom there as the player. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm all about freedom because nobody at the end of the day, nobody's going to go, hey, remember that time my character ran 30 feet and then I dashed for another 30 <laughs> feet and then I used cutting action to move another 30 feet and then I stabbed that guy. <laughs> no, the story, the way you recall that story is like, I ran far as shit and I stabbed the dude. Like yeah. that's, you can do that with Power by the Apocalypse. Yeah, for sure. It, it Yeah, it has, it, it has great appeal for that reason because I think like, especially... I mentioned this before, but like, because so many of us, like also our other nerd thing that we incorporate into our lives is anime. And mm-hmm. we're like, we just like, I just watched Jujutsu Kaisen and now I want to do a Jujutsu Kaisen thing. So like, that's uh, MC, let me do that, please. That's, that's the thing I want to do right now. And like, I don't have to flip through a book to like yeah. look up the stats. It's just like, we let's, let's do it. Yeah. Like, you, I don't think, I don't think you get the characters that I got from from that game in any other system. Like, yeah. you know, CJ played essentially a corporate warlock, like, <laughs> yeah. which was brilliant. Like, you know, Kelsey played 
a a, a, a demonic pawn shop owner. Like, yeah. It's I I just I want people to be able to express themselves without having to do math because yeah. I hate that. Yeah. Hey, that's fair. That's so fair. Is uh is PBTA your favorite system to run, or do you have like a, another favorite game that you enjoy? Currently, I'm a little burnt out on PBTA. I love it, but I'm yeah. a little burnt out on it. Uh, for about a year, I was a uh CPP program GM for Magpie. Mm-hmm. So I was running PBTA four times a week. Yeah. And it was like mainly Avatar when we were still playtesting Avatar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm I'm a little cooked on it and like I I think I did hunger. I like I I I I do like my favorite system right now is despite the talk of not wanting to do math is Pathfinder. Yeah. Uh because I do like the options. Mm-hmm. I love all of the options that you can have no two characters are going to be the same. Uh, and I feel like it's currently the best system for a long-running, slow-burn campaign, which is what I'm hungry for. I want a campaign where we don't have to rush the story because mm-hmm. there's only four or five episodes. I want, like, I want the slow bird reveal where it's just like <laughs> we started the game at the beginning of the year and yeah. only in December do you realize that this whole time I've been possessed by a demon or something. Yeah, yeah. Like I just I, I want I want those moments that you see in things like Critical Role. Like mm-hmm. there are some moments that you only get in a long running campaign. And even more than that, there are some moments that you only get in a system like Pathfinder mm-hmm. that allows you to have so many options. And not every option does something obvious. Yeah. Like, that's the magic of Pathfinder. Yeah. Yeah. Do you hear that, everybody? Fucking Pathfinder 2E is the way. <laughs> it's the <laughs> truth. <laughs> it really you is. heard it here first because I've been saying it since the show started but also again today <laughs> when this episode comes out. um yes yeah no i 100% agree like i think in terms of like mechanical system i think there somebody was real was real slick when they decided that they were going to say like pathfinder 2 is crunchy it's really not that crunchy it's but not. somebody was slick and and put that propaganda out there, and people ate it up because they're like, "Well, fuck, I guess I gotta Pathfinder, play 5e <laughs> Pathfinder First Edition. I uh, see. Here, well, here's here's what I think it was. A lot of people, well, not a lot of people, but some people that I talk to don't realize the diff, like how massive of difference there is mm-hmm. between Pathfinder First Edition and Second Edition. Yeah. Like, I. I tell people that Pathfinder 2E is not crunchy. It's thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to... Pathfinder 2E rewards you for being in character. In 5th yeah. edition, if you have a shield, you just have a shield. You add it to your AC, and you never think about it again. Yep. In Pathfinder, it's your shield. Like, yeah. do you raise your shield? If you do, then you have to tell me. Yeah. And if you do raise your shield, your shield takes damage. Mm-hmm. But 
you can fix your shield. Yeah. Like it's a that it's easy to think, well, that's crunchy as shit. But it's not. It's an aspect of your character. If you mm-hmm. think about if you think about your character, you've got downtime, and in your downtime, you could be fixing your shield while you talk to your players. You don't have to do anything. You just in during my downtime, I'm repairing my shield. Okay, mm-hmm. so while my character's doing that, let's have a conversation about the conflict or mm-hmm. let's have a heart to heart. Like that's something in in fifth edition i take a long rest and then we go again like there's (laughs) like what like are we gonna have i can't tell you how many fifth edition games i've had where i'm just like i can't wait for a break from all this action so we can have character moments we Mm -hmm. long rest everything resets let's go yeah what the wait like i wanted to do something at the campsite right Yeah. Like, oh, oh, I've been hurt. Heal. Let's go. Like, no, Pathfinder's just like, your shield's broken. Take, take, take some time to fix it. Mm-hmm. Hey, your character is sick. And if you don't do something to treat it, they're going to get more sick. Yeah. Maybe take a second to stop being sick. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. That's wild. Hey, yeah. you've been poisoned. You should probably do something about that. If you don't, it's going to get worse. You know, like real life. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that I think like when you're creating a game, especially like Pathfinder 2E and D&D 5E, like even if they try to like parse 5E down to make it as accessible as possible, it's still like a fantasy war game, right? Right. And so it's like in that kind of game, you need that stuff to keep you grounded, I think, because it, it, unless you're like, I think we have so many TTRPG performers that we forget that they are the exception. Right. Uh, there are thousands of them, but there are, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of TTRPG players who don't perform, who aren't up there, like on a stream in front of people putting on this act and so for those people like the game's made for them too and and for those people it's like well what informs me as a player how to act during moments where we're not fighting something and i think like what you talked about is exactly right of like pathfinder 2e is like you get your class skills but you also get general skills so like now you have this general skill uh what are you going to use it for and that's an interesting question to ask in a game because then it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm new to this. Um, yeah, I, I used part of my level up to get it. Like, cool, yeah, let's let's go find a farmer that I can talk to or, you know what I mean? Like, let's go in, learn about this lore that I now have or whatever it is. Like, I think it's it that specific part of the game design is is fantastic for that reason and not enough people know about it. So, yeah. You know, one of, one of the things that's, that always frustrated me about fifth edition. And this was the, like, once I started reading Pathfinder's player's handbook, like once, once I saw that this problem was solved, I was like, Oh, okay. This is where I'm going. Um, money doesn't matter in fifth edition. Mm-hmm. It really does not Yeah. Like, where are we going to stay? We'll roll a survivor check, find some place to camp. How are we going to pay for food? Uh, 
you got rations. Yeah. Listen, I've <laughs> I've gone through campaigns where I've survived off of the same rations <laughs> I started with. Yeah. <laughs> right? So it's just like, you know, and, and like, I'm a bard. Do I ever bard outside of fighting? No. Nope. Like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> you know, I, I really want to make a gift for the paladin that just saved my life. Can I do that? No. Like, yeah. you know, it does your sword have any any sentimental value to you in fifth edition? Well, yes, but is there any way to like exhibit that? No, not really. Yeah. Like Pathfinder solves these things. Like, I want to make something for the pa- for the paladin that saved my life. In my downtime, I can craft. I'm a bard. I'm gonna go out and I don't know. Play music for money. <laughs> yeah. You know, find secrets. I'm a thief. I'm gonna go thiefing. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like I listen, if if you're even the slightest bit curious about Pathfinder and you want to know what makes this system so special for everybody that keeps talking about how wonderful Pathfinder is, I I I always tell people look up the uh, I, what, what is it the investigator class there, there's mm, like a detective yeah, yeah. class yes yeah and like they're okay in combat but that's not what their bag is they are investigators yeah. <laughs> like it's incredible it, it's it's it is a gold mine for GMs yeah like they walk in a room and just immediately they can see a clue. Mm-hmm. As a GM, there's so much you can do with that. Yeah. You can have a legitimate murder mystery, you, which you can kind of do in 5th edition, yeah. but wouldn't you rather just have another encounter and fight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. And my favorite, like, the one, because 5e players love their warlocks, uh, even though it's a trash class. I said it. <laughs> I'm not taking that. Listen, I am catching so much heat on tiktok right now because i'm sick of people saying paladins are cops when it's clear that warlocks are cops their number one move is to walk in a room and just start shooting (laughs) yeah hey yep they got some shady politician giving them (laughs) giving them perks that's true uh but yeah but you know like the the if you're just looking at like straight like okay like what's one-to-one comparison like it's easy to go like, okay, warlock, witch. And I'm like, well, cool. Like, witch has a patron too. You can get a familiar too. You also are a full spellcaster. You have the same amount of spell slots that a, a wizard has. And you get to cast hexes. And those hexes help you get more crits. And those crits are fucking bad. <laughs> like, so it's like, um, like, come have your patron fun over here with a class that actually is fun to play and not just uses multi- multi-class fodder. <laughs> Like I, I, I love when I love when like straight fifth edition players start to look at Pathfinder classes because there are some classes where I don't feel like I don't feel like there are solid fifth edition counterparts. Like mm-hmm. the Oracle, the Oracle is one yeah. of the most creative class, one of the most creative ideas. Ideas. Mm-hmm. I've seen it a TTRPG in a long time. You're cursed, but you can you kind of learn to use it. Yeah. Like, and it's like, wait, what? Yeah. 
Yep. <laughs> what did they just come out? So yeah, I'm in. I'm gonna. I'm in a podcast, a, a Pathfinder Two E podcast. That's a Star Wars show. Oh. And we are dual classing, which is you get to level up both classes at the same time. Mm-hmm. And um, all I'll say is, one of the classes that I am is a psychic. Yeah. And oh. it is bananas. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> um, the other, the other uh, one that came out with the psychic is the thaumaturge, which is like you're a miracle worker. So yeah. like your whole like that's like your class is built around these miracles that you do, and you cast spells too. But like that's like what it is, and it's like or the summoner. There's so much. There's so much cool shit you can do. Yeah, they. they I've, I've been reading about. Uh, I read a, a a while ago, so I might be messing this up a bit. Deviants. Which is basically mm-hmm. yes, like, yeah. hey, you want to play an X Man? Yeah. <laughs> you want to be a mutant? Let's. You want to have. You want to have an optic blast for no reason? Like you, you yep. can do that. Yeah, it's so good. I know. Um, <laughs> my last question before I let you go, um, mm-hmm. because I do want. I want to make sure people go uh, listen to Dungeon and Dragon because it's it is seriously it's so hilarious. <laughs> um, but I'm curious. Did you get? Did you get? your sister into teach RPGs or did they do that on their own? So uh, when they were younger, uh, I tried to get them into magic and D and all that kind of stuff. But the problem is there's a, there's a large age gap between mm-hmm. me and my siblings. Yeah. So it was just like, you're this, you know, you're, 20 year old brother talking to like a freaking like <laughs> 12 year old like yeah, hey, yeah. i'm gonna teach you magic so i i introduced them to the concept but never really never really took it further than that uh joy ended up finding finding a game on on their own uh but they had the, they had a bad experience the same mm. way that i did yeah yeah um and once I found out about that, I I I brought her into one of my campaigns. Uh, she had a good time with it. She played uh uh Lalonde Dumont, uh, who was uh who's essentially uh one of those kids from uh my super sweet sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh and 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 so yeah, I've been playing with her every now and then. Uh, gotta do it more. I she's got. A new setup, and I have to help her uh, put it together uh, when I can. Uh, she's been yelling at me about that too, so I have to do it before she takes my kidneys. Yeah. Um. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, she she found she found it out all on her own. Uh, I can't take credit for anything. Like she she's just incredible that way. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, it. it what, what I love is that you know you both came to it right and and now are in this world uh now i have a show about it so um <laughs> yeah well first of all uh noir this has been amazing uh to hell yeah to thank you, you. So, much so much for having me yeah. this has been great <laughs> absolutely um we need to play pathfinder 2e together yes we need to make that happen uh i don't care who gms i just want to play um <laughs> but also yeah i mean yeah, this has been great. So if you would, for those who don't know you already, uh, where can people find you? You can find me all over the internet as the Noir Enigma. That's Twitter for as long as that site <sighs> remains. Those uh, <laughs> oh, until the browser site went down completely. Yeah. Uh, so there's Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, 
uh, Twitch and Hive. I'm the Noir Enigma everywhere. Uh, I also have my website, thenoirenigma.com. Uh, please check it out. I have merch. I'm poor. That would be helpful. Um, also, I'm the host of uh, of Gen Con TV's uh, Table Takes. Uh, I'm the host of uh, Morning Ritual, a show I do with my partner. We've had everybody on from uh, from Abria to B. Dave to Matt Mercer, uh, everybody. Uh, it's, it's been a good time. We've got to get back on the ball with that. We've got to we got to put out a guest list. Running a part, running a good show is hard. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Kudos to everybody says, that on the show. <laughs> Yo, hard. I be I be crying sometimes. Like I'm tired. Oh, uh, I feel uh, that's deep in my soul. <laughs> uh, and of course, there's Dungeons and Dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be recording a new episode this weekend, so uh, next week you should have that episode. Um, our last episode, we talked about uh, a company that decided to make dice from unfortunate materials. Uh, <laughs> We've been off for like two weeks now, so we'll have plenty to catch up on. Yeah, <laughs> plenty. There's oh always something God. going on in the TTRPG space. So <laughs> the TTRPG space never fails to disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you again, Noir. This is this is amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I uh, I can't wait to come back someday. Yeah, hell yeah. Bring me back. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you would like to reach out to us, check out the many options on the Anchor app or anchor.fm on your browser. You can also reach us at secretnerdpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to the show. And if you'd like, leave a review to help us grow this thing. 